want to welcome everybody back to the Sports Web Podcast right here on Heat 100 Radio. And again, you just heard me give you the history um, of Fritz Pollard, the first African, one of the first African Americans to play in the NFL. And I told you, I gave you a little bit of the history of him. And ultimately, he became the first African American head coach in the NFL. So as you know, we are in the midst of a is an issue with the NFL and their African American coaches, uh, head coaches, if you will. And I know the story is approximately a week old, but this is my first chance to come to you and give you my take on it and, and just talk about it a little bit. And it's something that needs to be talked about, and there will be tidbits all over the place um, until something is resolved in this case. So what I'm referring to, I am referring to the case of Brian Flores, the former coach of the Miami Dolphins, who allegedly was fired. um, Well, not allegedly, he was fired from the Dolphins, which was a little weird to me because he had two winning seasons, his last two seasons. And you know how we've talked about racism in sports in general. You know how we've referenced it and acknowledged what goes on in the NFL. So, on the first day of Black History Month, Brian Flores announced that he has filed a class action suit against the NFL the Miami Dolphins, the New York Giants, and the Denver Broncos. So, all of this comes about because there are very very serious questions about the firing of Brian Flores, first and foremost. Then, the issue comes up with him and the class action suit, and some of the things that he claimed went on while he was the coach of the Miami Dolphins. And I'll get into some of those details in just a second. But also it ties into what the NFL has within the recent, most recent years labeled the Rooney Rule. Because if you don't remember, a few years back, there was an issue, there was a lot of chatter of minority coaches not being coaches in the NFL being looked over for jobs simply because they were a minority. Uh, Some people got upset, got disturbed about it, they fought it, and then they instituted a clause where when vacancies open, head coaching, Jackie Bridges, thanks for tuning in, bro. Um, Coaching positions became available or front office positions became available again where minorities were not being interviewed, not being considered, or just being completely looked over for those positions. It all came about, and what I said, the NFL labeled it as the Rooney Rule. And in a nutshell, what that is, is every time a team has an opening in any of those positions, a coaching position, especially a head coaching position, or front office positions, that there has to be some interviewees that are minorities. It is strange, and a lot of people, I've been looking at comments of things that I've posted and the way people commented, and a lot of people, 
mentioned the fact that it's a disgrace that a lot of these African-American coaches and front office executives get looked over when the product of the NFL is approximately 70% African-American. It's the majority of it. It's a little bit more than the majority. I mean, it's way more than half. Okay. Uh, but that's where a lot of people went with some of this conversation and some of this dialogue. I mean, I know that's part of it, but like I said, I'm going to give you some points of this article. I'm going to give you my interpretations of the points that I highlighted in this article about this situation. But it is true. And <clears throat> Brian Flores should be commended for doing what he's doing. And when I say that, I mean he's standing up for something that could very much so cost him his livelihood for a long time. You know, if this goes the way the NFL perceives and might want it to go, he could be arguably banned from the NFL. He would not get a job in the NFL ever again. But he also mentioned that his sacrifice to do what he does could mean so much more down the line to so many more people and he's okay with it right now uh just a quick tidbit i also just saw a notation that he is uh, debatably a finalist for the houston texans head coaching vacancy so we'll see what happens with that as far as are uh, we going through with this lawsuit and everything so first thing um you know, at the NFL, we all know it's broken. We saw what happened and we heard and we talked about it here on the show, what happened with Dan Snyder and the former Washington football team who are now the Washington Commanders, who are ironically back in the news once again with some more former employees coming up and claiming that there was sexual harassment and other things going on. In Washington, if I have time, I'll get to a little bit of that today as well. If not, I will definitely bring that back next week. But with the Brian Flores issue, um, his concern is that he was fired from the job. He initially alleged that the owner of the Miami Dolphins at one point offered him $100,000 per game for games that he would tank, which means lose on purpose, you know, throw the game, whatever. Lose the game on purpose in order for the Miami Dolphins to attain a higher draft pick. He also said that he had no bones in doing that because he felt that it was not fair and it's something that was immoral to him and he would not do it. So he also added in, the New York Giants and the Denver Broncos where he was being interviewed for jobs. And again, I think his, his main point is that these other two teams used, utilized the Rooney rule and interviewed him just because, but they knew who they were going to hire uh, in the long run. 
uh, there was a stream of text messages from a number of people who had issues um, or had involvement in those conversations and those dialogues about him um, in his interviews at that particular time. So the article um, basically gives you in a nutshell what he was what he was referring to. And it, it talks about how he how how or if he can prove the systemic racism. And we're talking about the sham interviews, which is part of the biggest is like the main course of this meal. OK, the sham interviews relating into or alluding to the systemic racism. So what exactly is a sham interview? Um, Flores put in documentation what black coaches have said privately for years, specifically that they received job interest interviews and such for basically what I just told you for the Rooney Rule. The Rooney Rule, again, which requires teams to interview two external minority candidates for vacant head coaching jobs and are not considered serious candidates for many openings. So there you have it. In a nutshell, like I said, they have to interview these people so the NFL doesn't get on their back to seem politically correct. And this is where the systemic racism come in. Because it also says, and they are and are not considered serious candidates for many openings. So basically what that second part means is, like I said, they're interviewing them just because it's a clause in the NFL's collective bargaining agreement that they have to do this. They have to interview two minorities for head coaching positions, even if they know or have their eyes set on someone else. They have an idea that they're going to hire someone else. They know that they're not going to hire either one of these two minority candidates, but they have to conduct their interviews due to the Rooney rule. Okay. Um, Flores also stated that he received word three days before he interviewed with the Giants vacant spot on January 27th that the job would go to Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator Brian DeBoll. Flores produced screenshots of text messages from New England coach, Patriots coach Bill Belichick who appeared aware of DeBoll's off-impending hire. So, again, good old boy network the NFL, like we always talk about, the systemic racism, where they shared these text messages. Bill Belichick, what does he have to do with the Giants' opening position? But he was privy to the information in a text message or via text message that, oh, we're going to hire this guy. We had this interview with this other guy, but we're not going to hire him at all. We're going to hire this guy. This is where we're going to go. Okay. Um... Flores also said that the Broncos officials arrived late to a head coach interview in 2019 and alleged they had been drinking heavily the night before, suggesting they did not take the interview seriously before they hired Vic Fangio, who is a white male. The Giants rebutted in the statement and said, and I quote, Brian Flores was in the conversation to be our head coach until the 11th hour. The Broncos said, end quote, the Broncos said the interview started on time and pointed to notes, analysis, and evaluations that demonstrate the depth of our conversation 
and sincere interest in Mr. Flores as head coach, as a head coaching candidate. So, with that being said, we don't know if the Broncos could have fabricated those stats and analysis and whatever. Um, being what it is, I can't 100% say, but everything that I've seen within the NFL and a lot of things that we've talked about here on the podcast, I kind of will err on the on the error of caution, err on the side of caution, if you will, and kind of say that Brian Flores has a little bit of wiggle room there. Okay. Um, then it says R. Sham interviews illegal. Flores suit his suit also cites violations of federal and state civil and human rights statutes that are intended to ensure equal rights. Got a lot, got a leg, whole leg to stand on there. Also reveals that he will file a complaint with the Equal Opportunity Employment Commission, which Duru said is is a prerequisite for a claim under Title Seven of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. At that point, plaintiffs have two options: he can claim spark desperate treatment, which requires proof of intentional discrimination, or he could claim disparate impact, which requires proof that a policy or standard impacts minorities differently than others. Okay, so there's another point in his favor. Disparate impact. I'll read it for you again. Which requires proof that a policy or standard impacts minorities differently than others. What, what did I tell you about the Rooney Rule? Requires teams to interview Two, externally minority candidates for vacant head coaching jobs and are not considered serious candidates for many openings. So again, the Rooney Rule puts the NFL right under that umbrella of disparate impact. So the trial, when does the trial start? Uh, you know, not really going to get into that, but I will definitely um, stay tune to the situation and let you know what I get as I always do. The Rooney Rule legislates interview policy, but is there really any way to force owners to make diverse hires? NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell and other league executives have pleaded for publicly for change. Troy Vincent, the NFL Executive Vice President of Football Operations, has even made the public connection between disparate hiring practices and racism, saying last month on ESPN, and I quote, there is no social justice without racial justice. And that we've and, and what we've seen, potentially, it suggests there is potentially a racial undertone. End quote. Flores' attorney used other public statements Vincent has made as well. The NFL owners haven't changed their, their, changed their hiring practices on their own, or with urging the Rooney from Rooney Rule initiatives that were designed to introduce them to a diverse candidate pool they might not otherwise seek out. So, Flores is seeking in this suit. He is seeking, uh, well, he's asking for unspecified damages and also a hardcore system, systemic reform. 
If he's ultimately ultimately successful, then there will be court order systemic reform that could ultimately produce the changes that advocates in this realm have been pursuing for years. So what Brian Flores is looking for seeking in this lawsuit, an increased influence of black individuals in hiring, increased objectivity of hiring, terminating GMs, head coaches and coordinators, increased number of black coordinators, incentivized hiring retention of black GMs, head coaches and coordinators, and transparency of pay for GMs, head coaches, and coordinators. So then there's this thing where they say, what if he gets another NFL job? Would this disprove his allegations? No, it wouldn't. Because that would just mean that he got inter- he did the interview and there was obviously no better candidate than he was in the interview. Um it would change his car argument. It wouldn't change his core argument, as Duru says. Saying also, I don't suspect that he will voluntarily withdraw the case. And I wouldn't withdraw the case, so I don't think he will as us either. Um, you know, it's always tough when you go up against a big conglomerate, like I said, the NFL, who are going to do whatever they need to do to protect the house definitely going to do that so they're going to fight this thing tooth and nail i'm sure and i wish brian flores all the best in this lawsuit because like i said it's something that needed to be done uh we all know i just like i just mentioned in the article as well there has been pursuance of some changes in these hiring processes and, and some of these things that the nfl does and again we use that word those two words to systemic racism which is expanded into other sports as well but we joke around a lot of times and we say the nfl the good old boy network this is proof of the good old boy network if he can prove all of this stuff it will ultimately demand some changes that are sorely needed there are a number of qualified candidates right now in the NFL as coordinators or uh, position coaches, things of that nature, that could become head coaches. The biggest name, other name in this situation on a different uh, spectrum is Eric Bieniemy, who's arguably should have been a head coach a couple years back. I mean, he should be looking at possibly going into like his third or fourth year as a head coach right now. But again, arguably he was subject to this Rooney rule. Again, teams outside of team he currently works for interview him because they had to. And they also knew that they would hire someone else. But again, you look at again, like, the, like a lot of people have said, the makeup of the NFL, the makeup of their product is 70% African-American. So, in a way, you could read between the lines, make your own interpretation, and argue we're, you're good enough to play, bring in the money, bring in the fans, get your bodies beat up and all that types of stuff, but you're not good enough to oversee the product. You're not good enough to 
create the product as far as being in the front office as a, or a GM or you know, something of that nature. But you are definitely okay to be that athlete on the field. Like I said, doing what you do, using your God-given skills to the best of your ability, bringing in the money, bringing in the revenue, bringing the people into the seats of these stadiums, but you're not good enough to oversee it. So, again, I'm definitely going to stay tuned to this story because it is something that could hit the fan. It could not, depending on how it's handled. But, again, I am glad that, and I give much kudos to Brian Flores for being the person to finally stand up and take a stand and go toe-to-toe with the major conglomerate being the NFL. Uh, in closing this segment, I'm going to get to this Dan Snyder, this uh, yeah, this Dan Snyder thing in Washington again. They are under the microscope and in the news again, where other employees, former employees, um, have also talked about uh, the sexual uh, harassment that was going on there. So there's another investigation launched. Um, it's pretty much the same thing. Uh, Dan Snyder had cheerleaders at parties and sexually harassed them, um, fondled them, but then told them not to report it or this could happen uh, or kept things out of the news and then also, whereas he did, deny the claims. So again, like I said, that Washington Commanders now, football team, it is a mess in that front office. It's been a mess. And again, like I always tell you, federal investigations, you thought it, it cooled down for a little bit, yes. But it's not going to stop until the FBI or the feds get what they want. So then you see it just reported to you that they are under investigation once again. Finally, uh, in the NFL, as you know, the Super Bowl is this coming Sunday. Second year in a row, a team will be playing a home game for the Super Bowl, which is highly unusual. It's happened two years in a row. Tampa Bay Buccaneers played the Super Bowl in their home stadium last season and the LA Rams will play in the Super Bowl in their home stadium uh, this coming Sunday. So the NFL and Roger Goodell issued a statement. Here is the statement that was issued. I'm just going to leave it with the statement. Um, you know where I am. You, I posted it before, I posted it already so if you haven't seen it you can get over to Facebook and check it out and you can leave me some comments and let me know what you think about this particular uh, comment that was issued or statement that was issued and I quote the NFL its teams and players are deeply worried regarding the unprecedented situation that has unfolded as a result of last week's NFC championship game between the Los Angeles Rams and San Francisco 49ers for the second straight year there will be a team with an unfair home field advantage in the Super Bowl as an organization, we have tried to avoid this very situation by utilizing neutral sites. But having it occur two years in a row is cause for change. To guarantee this will never happen again, the league has come to a unanimous decision to move every Super Bowl following this season to AT&T Stadium in Dallas. End quote. Let that marinate for a little bit, folks. 11.45, 45 minutes past the 11 a.m. hour. 
going to take my second break. When I come back, we are going to talk a little bit of NBA All-Star Weekend, talk some Sixers, and get into this trade stuff. Because, again, we are three days away from the NBA trade deadline. A lot of talk have been uh, produced about Ben Simmons and James Harden. Sixers are involved. Um, I'm going to report to you two trades that actually went down within the past couple days. So sit tight. Come on back. Chill with me. It's Monday morning. You're tuned in to Heat Rap, Heat, Heat 100 Radio, Sports Rap, right here. Talk to you on the other side in just a couple minutes. Black Wall Street is now online, baby. That's right. Visit the GW District. Shop the very best in men's and women's apparel and accessories, home decor, office supplies, books, pantry items, and so much more. The GW District is a retail marketplace of black-owned products and media. We're both veteran and black-owned, and we're bringing you the best online shopping experience with products made by small businesses. Come and experience the GW District difference today at Shop gwdistrict.com that's shop gwdistrict.com the gw district a retail marketplace of black owned products and media that's right that's right to the sports web podcast right here on heat 100 radio and live on facebook in the group page sports web podcast is that group page so get on over there and tune in if you are not tuned in if you are at work or somewhere where you can't get to the video, get to the group. In the group description, there is a link where you can hear the audio as I speak. Right now, it is five minutes to the noontime hour, so I'm sure everybody's getting ready for their lunch. Um, I hope you enjoy your lunch today. Today's high is going to be 42, low of 32. It's rainy a little bit today. It's taking about an 80% chance of rain, so if you're out and about, be careful. Be mindful there may be some slippery spots on the roads and there may be some slippery spots if you have to go to work or leaving work later this evening. So just be mindful of that, folks, and be safe out there. So we are going to jump into our NBA All-Star preview again. Just a little bit. Uh, We were at the Drake again on Thursday, just past Thursday. And what we did there was we covered and we spoke about did some commentary on the All-Star Reserves that were picked live that night um, while we were at the Drake. So, folks, if you missed that episode, um, it's posted. But more importantly, you need to come on out. Come on out and hang out with us. Uh, It's a fun atmosphere. Um, You can come have some fun, some good food, some good drinks. You can hang out with us, and you can talk sports with us. You can get your moment to get your 15 seconds of fame on the sports rap podcast and again like i said you can just come and hang out with us you hang out with us every morning every monday morning you hang out with me and you follow me all week on social media so what better way than to come out and do it in person and have some perks along with it also i posted and i gave up uh as we were live at the drake and i'm gonna do it again right now i have tickets to give away okay I have tickets, and I can tell you what they are now since I'm live here. I have tickets to Punchline Philadelphia this coming Friday for Punky Johnson. The first tickets I'm going to give away right now are for the 7.30 p.m. show. There are two shows. So these are this is for the 7.30 p.m. show. 
what I need you to do is once I go off air, I need you to either send me a message or comment on this video, the video of the NBA segment, not just any video, the video of this NBA segment that I'm getting ready to get into right now, or you can message me on Facebook, or you can message me on Instagram at sportswave underscore D, and you already know that. So, when we talked about the NBA, we uh, did the commentary on the reserves live at the Drake on Thursday. Again, I gave you a question. And here's that question once again. Who was the third player reserve selected for the Eastern Conference on that night? The third player selected as a reserve for the Eastern Conference on Thursday at the Drake. Or let me just say the third player announced for the Eastern Conference wins these tickets to the 7.30 p.m. show Friday to see Punky Johnson at Punchline Philly. When you give me the information, when I pick a winner, I will give you all the information on how you can get your tickets. But again, the contest is going to start after the show because I'm working here and I got some stuff in here. So after one o'clock, when the show is over, got the rest of the day. And then sometime later today, I will give you something for the second pair of tickets. But right now, first pair of tickets are online. 7.30 p.m. show Friday. Punchline Philly to see Punky Johnson. Who was the player picked or announced third for the Eastern Conference for the NBA All-Star Reserves? So again, in that matter, I'm not even going to give you, I'm not even going to make it that easy for you right now because you're going to have to do some homework you're going to have to find it look it up search it whatever you need to do and like i said you know where my videos are so if you need to check videos you can check videos if you need to check today's video you can check to get the question i'm not going to give you the answer and again like i said i'm not going to make it super easy for you so let's have some fun with it and whoever gets those tickets will definitely get a shout out and like i said one o'clock, get me that information. As soon as I get privy to it, I will announce a winner, and then I will come up with something for the second pair of tickets for the 945 show on Friday night as well. So as you know, the I talked about last week, I talked about the changes that will be made to the NBA Rising Stars Challenge. There will be four teams of seven players, and it's going to be like a little mini tournament, okay? Again, you know, these teams um, are usually made up of the rookies playing against the sophomores in the Rising Stars Challenge. Right now, they are going to have, like I said, a four-team somewhat tournament um, made up of seven players. So there's players from the NBA and also added in there are four players from the G League Ignite team that have been selected by coaches of the G League um, and invited them into. So there's one of them per team. Okay, so again, there's seven teams. And I'll give you these teams in just a second, but there's seven teams. There's going to be somewhat of a little tournament for the Rising Stars Challenge. And something different, 
I guess they are trying to ramp up some ratings and some excitement for All-Star Weekend. But we'll see how this plays out. And once again, after next week when we have the All-Star Game, the All-Star Weekend, which is February the 18th through the 20th, of course, once we have that game play, get, gets played and all this stuff gets done, we will bring you a recap of it right here live on Sports Rap Podcast at Heat 100 Radio. So the four coaches for the Rising Stars Challenge are Rick Barry, Gary Payton, Isaiah Thomas, and James Worthy. So here are the teams for the Rising Stars Challenge. Team Rick Barry, it's Evan Mobley of the Cavaliers, Cade Cunningham from the Pistons, Franz Wagner from the Magic, Jay Sean Tate from the Rockets, Isaac LaCoro from the Cavaliers, Alperin Singen from the Rockets, and Dyson Daniels, who is from the G League Ignite team. Team Gary Payton, LaMelo Ball, Scotty Barnes uh, of the Hornets and Raptors, respectively, Jaden McDaniels of the T-Wolves, uh, Ayo Dosumu of the Chicago Bulls, Chris Duarte of the Indiana Pacers, Davion Mitchell of the Sacramento Kings, and Scoot Henderson from the G League. Team Isaiah Thomas, Anthony Edwards from the T-Wolves, Sadiq Bey from Villanova and the Detroit Pistons, Desmond Bain from the Grizzlies, Tyrese Halliburton from the Kings, Isaiah Stewart from the Pistons, Precious Achua from the Toronto Raptors, and Jaden Hardy from the G League Ignite. Finally, closing out the four, Team James Worthy, Cole Anthony from the Magic, Josh Giddy from the Thunder, Jalen Green from the Houston Rockets, Herb Jones from the Pelicans, Jalen Suggs from the Magic, and our favorite young player, Tyrese Maxey from the Philadelphia 76ers. Had to give Tyrese some applause there because he's made great bounds, uh, great leaps in his second year in the NBA, and it's been recognized, so we had to give him some applause for that. So we move on, and we know now the NBA trade deadline is this Thursday, February 10th. There have been two trades made so far. First one, the Clippers and the Blazers. The Clippers received Norman Powell and Robert Covington. The Blazers, in return, received Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, and a second-round pick. The second trade, which occurred yesterday between the Pacers and the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers will receive Karis LeVert. In return, the Pacers get Ricky Rubio, a first-round pick, and two second-round picks. So, those are the two trades that have happened so far. And you know where that leads us into. All of the talk from the past week and a half or so, if not longer, the rumors of the James Harden, Ben Simmons possibility of a trade it's been a lot of talk about it been a lot of reviews a lot of viewpoints on it some people are in favor of it some people are not a lot of questions um a lot of names being thrown around then you had the nets who were apparently or allegedly asking for tyrese maxi and matisse Thybul, who the sixers are unwilling right now to give up 
I don't think that's a good idea. I think they would be fools to give up. More so Maxi. Um, I understand people throwing Thibel in there because he's not the offensive player that you expect. But you definitely can't discount his defense if prowess and only his third year in the NBA. And you definitely cannot the emergence of a young Tyrese Maxey right now and the way he's playing and the way he's picked up his game in this second year campaign for him. So there's a lot of talk about how it could work and things of that nature. Then it was the back and forth of possibly waiting for the offseason, which it looks like now that may happen. Again, like I mentioned to you in my opening, I saw and I heard some things from Woods this morning that the Sixers, uh, Daryl Morey, and the GM of the Brooklyn Nets had some dialogue. At the end of that dialogue, Morey asked a question. He asked, how about James? The banter goes, and I'm giving, to, giving it to you as I've got it, and I'm quoting. The banter went, what about James, at the close of that conversation from Daryl Morey? And the GM from the Nets said, well, James who? Because there's two James on our team, James Harden and James, ha James Johnson. Daryl Morey says, James Harden. And allegedly, the GM from the Nets says, just flat out, no. There's also been the latest reports that James Harden has been telling his coach, he's telling his teammates and telling the Nets front office that he wants to stay, which is contrary to the beginning of these rumors where he stated or allegedly stated that he was unhappy living in Brooklyn. And then that led to a lot of the questions about, oh, is he doing the same thing he did in Houston? Didn't work out for him the way he saw it going in his head. Now he wants to run and go somewhere else. Don't honestly know because he's personally not really saying anything uh, out in public. And that is, I'm speaking of James Harden. So we just have to take it for what it's worth and take the information that we get with a grain of salt. There's also people that say the Sixers would be better suited to wait until the summer and do a sign and trade because James Harden can test the free agent warriors and not pick up his option for the final season, or he could pick up his option and do a sign and trade, and the Sixers could pursue him again in the offseason or over the summer. It's not to say that there haven't been any other possibilities or any other uh, conversations had about players on the roster. You know, in the midst of all this, Tobias Harris's name had come up when there was a lot of dialogue allegedly ramping up and heating up with the Kings, who eventually pulled out because of the possibilities of what they asked for and what the Sixers were willing and unwilling to give up. So they stopped Chase. Then you had your rumors about the Hawks, and now the Hornets uh, are a team that has been involved late. So we don't really know. Um, again, we'll never really know, like I like always say, what goes on in, in these full dialogues. We'll only get what these particular uh, teams and representatives want us to get and what they give to the media. So we have to take everything we hear with a grain of salt. And of course, you have to also understand that business-wise, there could be some posturing here. It could be teams saying, well, look, this player is available in order to get someone else to bite 
they could say they're having conversations with Team A to get Team Team B or C to bite on something. Uh, so it's going to happen. It happens all the time. So we got three days. And like I said, the most recent is that it's a chance, a higher chance that a Sixers trade for James Harden by the trade deadline will not happen. But we don't know. Definitely. That's what the reports are that we're getting now today, February 7th. Still got three days. Um, There's also been talk about Damian Lillard, who was initially the target, the topic. Then there was Bradley Bill before all the James Harden stuff. Bradley Bill has been going back and forth. He says that he wants to stay. Then a little bit later on, he says he doesn't want to stay. He's unsure. Then he says his family and he likes the area. The team is saying that he likes the area. So with that, it's hard to say. Uh, With Damian Lillard, he was the only one that gave you somewhat of a concrete answer or a public concrete answer when he said he doesn't want to leave Portland. But things can change. Like I mentioned when this all happened, I mentioned things could change. Um, The trajectory of teams and the way they're playing. You could have teams that are looking to jump into the playoff race. You could have teams that are looking to increase their chances of getting to the finals and winning a championship. So a lot of things could change within the next couple days. A lot of things could change within the next couple days. Uh, So I will definitely uh, be watching what's going on and give you everything that I can as I get it as fast as I get it. I'll try to get it get it to you that fast or if not faster. Uh also name another name in that mix um has just surfaced and it's a little bit of chatter about Dave uh Donovan Mitchell, who allegedly might be unhappy in Utah. But we don't know. Like I said, we get what they give us. And They give us what they want to give us. But it's our job to report what they give us as a media member. It's our job to report what they give us. Um, I I can have my say, uh, so to speak, as far as my opinions. But my opinion is not going to sway any team to do anything. It's not going to sway any player to make a move or make a request. Um, My reach is just not that deep. So, again... For a lot of my posts and for what I do here, what I'm doing right now, a lot of my followers understand, but I do also need more of you to understand. I just report what I'm given. That, that's my job. I report and comment on what news I'm given. That's the job of the media representation. I can only give you what's given, what's given to me, but that is my job to report to you, my listeners and my fans and the fans of these rep- these particular sports, what I get. And I also give you my interpretation and my opinions on it, which is also part of my job. So this issue, if you will, is going to get crazy like, like it always does. Like I said, it's three days uh, before the trade deadline. You saw two teams have made trades. You saw how the Sixers had a little run they jumped up to the third spot. Then they hit a little rut, a little speed bump. They lost those two games to Washington, and then they lost to Dallas. 
when they gave that Dallas game away, in my opinion. And then they bounced back last night, and they beat the Bulls. But they dropped from third back down to six, which is okay because the team from the East that was predicted to be the front runner all out has now lost eight straight games. They are dealing with an alleged, maybe, maybe not disgruntled player, an injured star, or let me just say a maybe, maybe not disgruntled superstar, an injured superstar, and a part-time superstar, which makes up their big three, who have not played consistently for more than 16 games over last season and this current season. So we may never truly know what that big three could do. Because like we said, we've got one player that's a part-time player, one that's arguably disgruntled or not disgruntled. And then you have another player who's injured once again. He was injured last season. He's injured again this season. So you have your three superstars that you can't get on the court consistently, which poses a problem. Um, Hence, they're in this eight-game losing streak. And, of course, any team that goes through an eight-game losing streak, it's going to be mounds of frustration there. Whether you were favorites to win it all or not, whether you're in the middle of the pack, whether you're a contender, whatever. Eight-game losing streak at that level is, is stressful, and it's going to bring frustration. Definitely going to bring some frustration. So there is a chance that Ben Simmons could still technically be a Philadelphia 76er past the trade deadline unless something miraculous happens. I haven't heard anything on the lines of miraculous or or close to miraculous in that situation. So if I were to guess or speculate, I would speculate that there's a higher chance that he's technically is still a 76er than not a 76er at by the end of the trade deadline, which is 3.01 on Thursday afternoon. So we'll definitely, like I said, we'll definitely keep our ears to the street and I will definitely give you everything that I get as soon as I get it. Now, closing out for today, I've always talked to you all about the WNBA and how I felt that Jack Loose, the Jack Loose experience, Carlos Jackson, thanks for tuning in, good brother. I've always talked to you about my liking and my affinity with the WNBA. I think there's a lot of talent there, but then I also tell you and I talk about how I feel that those ladies uh, deserve a lot more respect they need to have bigger paydays. Um, we even did a show where we talked about how the difference and disparity is between the NBA and their big brother. I mean, the, the WNBA and their big brother, the NBA. This is the reason why a lot of summers or a lot of springs or falls, you see most of these women or a lot of these women from the WNBA return to overseas play to make more money because of the salary ranges that they have in the WNBA. But 
most recently, and you see, you see, I've been reporting on the uh, free agency action that's going on with the WNBA. You've seen that, but more recently, the WNBA announces close of capital raised to fuel investment and long-term transformation of the league. So on February third the WNBA announced the largest ever capital raise for a woman's sports property, featuring new investors and existing WNBA and NBA owners. This is part of a multifaceted financial growth strategy designed to generate new revenue through increased investment in priority areas as part of the league's long-term business transformation. Proceeds from this transaction are expected to be used for brand elevation and marketing, globalization of the WNBA, innovation, digital and growth of consumer touch points, and human capital and operational optimization as part of an overall effort to address some of the least obstacles to growth and generating new revenue. I, I've always been one to say that the promotion the marketing of the WNBA has been not what it should be. I mean, you have a big brother in the NBA. You have people there who can help, but apparently that hasn't been going on enough to where we are where we are now. So Nike is one of the big partners in this. So I just wanted to bring that to you just to let you know that some things are going to possibly change within the WNBA. And I definitely respect that. I respect all of those people who are putting into that and are going to be working to get some more global, some globalization and some more marketing, some better marketing for that unit, uh, that conglomerate being the WNBA. So with that being said, folks, we close out today. On a note where a little bit of light in this story. Like I said, WNBA getting some increases, getting some more marketing, some more globalization, which I think will definitely help, and it is long overdue for them. Uh, the Ben Simmons issue, we still don't know what's going to happen. Trade deadline for the NBA is this Thursday, 3.01 p.m., so I will definitely keep my ears to the street. And like I mentioned to you, the newest update uh, that I've heard that there arguably or possibly could not be a James Harden-Ben Simmons deal uh, by the trade deadline, that may be something that we'll have to wait until the summer when the Sixers will be more suited and better suited to do a sign-and-trade deal with the Brooklyn Nets. On your schedules for today, uh, before I do that, let me just give you this one mock trade, um, three-team deal, the Sixers, the Nets, and the Celtics. And again, I, I don't like this, but I, again, like I said, I have to report what I get. The Sixers would get James Harden. The Nets would get Jalen Brown, Dennis Schroeder, and Josh Richardson. The Celtics would pick up Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, a 2022 first-round unprotected, a 2024 first-round lottery protected. It's an awful lot for the Celtics. I arguably do not want to give up Seth Curry right now. 
in my opinion, since he's gotten here, he has been the most consistent second player to Joel Embiid um, in the last year, last two years. So I kind of want to keep that going. But again, like I said, I don't think anything's going to happen by the trade deadline. I would be a little bit surprised if it did. So, in the NCAA men's top 25 today, you have number uh, nine, and I think they just moved up after beating my guys over the weekend. So, at the time I got this schedule, the number nine Blue Devils of Duke are at home against Virginia. Number seven, Arizona, is at Arizona State. Number 10, Kansas, is in Texas to face off against number 23, Texas. In the NBA, you have the Heat and the Wizards, the Raptors and the Hornets, the Warriors and the Thunder, the Suns and the Bulls, and the Knicks and the Jazz. Finally, in the NHL, Hurricanes are at the Maple Leafs, the Devils are at the Senators, and Sunday, coming up this Sunday, the Super Bowl 56, Bengals and Rams. We'll give you a recap on that on the 14th, which is Valentine's Day. So we'll give you a recap on that. Uh, that'll be part of our weekend, a big part of our weekend recap for next week. Again, folks, tickets, 7.30 p.m. show, Punchline Philly, to see Punky Johnson. Uh, who was the third all-star reserve announced for the Eastern Conference this past Thursday. Get me that answer. You know where. In the group, if you put it in the group, the Facebook group, Sports Red Podcast, you have to add it in the comments of this latest video, the NBA segment video. If you go on Instagram, you can just DM at sportswrap underscore D, and I will get a winner. If I get a winner, I will announce that winner, and then we'll move on to giving away the second set of tickets for the 945 show. So this first tickets are for the 730 show and also have tickets for the 945 show. When I get a winner, I will give you all the information on how you can get your tickets. Folks, thanks for tuning in as always each and every Monday morning and every other Thursday at the Drake Tavern. We will be there next on the 17th of February. So again, come on out. I know you see my post. You comment on the post when I comment about it. You vote, not vote, but you comment on it. You like the con- you like the post, and you you give me support. So just come on out now. Give me that support. Come on out and hang out with us. Talk some sports with us live. Like I said, you see us here. You hear us here every Monday. You see me all week on social media. Come on out and hang out with me in person. Have some fun, some drinks, some good food, and talk some sports with us live and in person. You know where to find me, as always, on Instagram and Twitter, at SportsRap underscore D. On Facebook, in the group page, SportsRap Podcast. You can also get this audio, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, GW District, and most of your podcast outlets. Website, SportsRapRadio.com. You can also check the YouTube. Folks, get over to the YouTube page. It's a lot of good videos, a lot of good content over there. Sports Rap TV is the channel. Make sure you subscribe to that channel. Tell a friend to tell a friend to also subscribe. Hit the thumbs up on the videos that you like. And finally, hit that bell so you will be alerted when new video is posted. 
Also, today is Monday, February the 7th, 2022. A little bit warmer today, high projected at 42, a low of 33. A little bit of rainy, so it might be a little slick area, so be careful if you are out. Enjoy the kickoff to a great week. And as we like to say, be great on purpose. It's your boy signing out. Peace. See you next Monday right here back in studio and all week on social media. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.